Hello and welcome to the Who's Podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And this week's show, it's that time of year again because it's it's our Christmas special, isn't it? And we're uh, we're returning to Doctor Who Christmas specials of Christmas past. And basically, yes. we're, we're back at the beginning, aren't we? We're yes. right back to where <laughs> we're, we're wondering what we're going to do. do next year. <laughs> yes, of course, this, uh, this year we are covering The Christmas Invasion, which was uh, obviously David Tennant's Full debut as 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 the Doctor. Yes, yes. yeah, we're, we're we're desperately waiting for news this year that the Feast of Stephen has been. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, well, that that would be. Um, unfortunately, it never will. It never will. No. But but the, well, funny enough, the, the, I mean, this was the the first Christmas special since the Feast yeah. of Stephen, or you know, especially written Christmas Day uh, story. But uh, yes, but anyway, more of that later. But um, but first, we we have sort of managed to sort of cobbled together some news haven't we we have we have we have indeed and there's not a lot to go on as you would expect um but uh, we're just gonna bravely continue anyway um now on our last podcast um you, you, paul you mentioned uh, about the the 515 empty slot which we which we assumed would be doctor who on christmas day didn't we yes. um and yeah i know i'm scared too because you were right hmm <laughs> Yes, it's going to be on at five fifteen. Oh, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure I actually saw it somewhere, but it was mentioned. So, oh, don't don't ruin the atmos, Paul. Don't, you know, it's, it's it's the time of it's Christmas, mate. It's the time of wonder and magic. Come on, yeah. So um, <laughs> it's, it's a lousy skill, though, being able to predict the start time of Doctor Who <laughs> lottery numbers. Yes, or the three thirty at Chepstow or something. You know, that'd be pretty useful for a start. Um, yes, now we we've got a complete sort of breakdown. Uh, we're not going to go for every 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 single time zone and, and time it's shown in the around the world. But um, yes, in the United Kingdom, it's on BBC One on Christmas Day at 5.15pm. And I suppose the other sort of big one on BBC America, um, it would be on 9pm uh, Eastern Standard Time, which is 2am GMT, apparently. But in a little bit, it's got a little bracket saying to be confirmed on that one. So, so I don't know. But uh, I, I just can't believe, I think by the time this goes out... Um, I'm not sure. Probably on the. I think it's going out on the Wednesdays. It's two days' time. It'll be Doctor, new Doctor Who to watch. Yes. Can't, yeah. yeah, I can't believe it actually. But then, well, when will we see new Doctor Who again? That's the. Know. Oh dear. Oh dear. Yeah. That's I the, was thinking yeah. pe- pe- people on a, in Germany who like to turn their Twitter off before they see an episode and they have a long time to wait. Yes, indeed. Now that's. Uh, I think did we mention this last time? Didn't it's we? Because they're only just starting to watch Series Nine, aren't they? This weekend or something. That's right. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, on the Fox Channel in in Germany, it's on Thursday the twenty eighth of January. You poor sods. Um, and then United Kingdom again. It's on BBC Two on, on Tuesday the twenty ninth at two fifty a.m. in the morning. Yes, nothing like a, a nice uh, sort of uh, a nice time to put it on to capture those those missing viewers, isn't it? What bizarre time to repeat it? I suppose it's yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's that's I presume that's part of the during the. Um, night they tend to show programs with the sign language, don't they? It is. This, this is a sign. It does say it's, it's a signed, yeah. uh, sign language version. But uh, yes. Anyway, I'm just more amazed that you, you got the time slot right, Paul. Mm. 
Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> it has to happen sometime or later. <laughs> right, okay. Now, um, as you know, our last podcast, it was it was the uh so it was all the conclusion of series nine of Doctor Who. Well it's now been announced um by BBC Worldwide that the DVD Blu-ray of the entire series now will be out on the 7th of March and in North America on the 5th of April. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, not too long to wait, fortunately. That's, that's quite good. Now, interestingly enough, though, um, it's going to not include Series 9, but also includes the uh, Last Christmas uh, yeah. Christmas special and also the Husbands of River Song as well, mm. um, which I'm kind of glad because I still haven't bought Last Christmas yet. Because I knew it would turn up in the no, box set yeah, eventually. Yeah, sort of yeah. waiting to see whether that is going to... But actually, to get both of them is, is not bad. No, exactly. That's that's pretty good going, actually. That's the first time ever, actually, isn't it? Uh, There's only been yeah. one Christmas special included in a box set. So Yeah, hmm. usually. Now, it does appear to be quite a few um, extras included in this one, um, which is quite unusual for, for new series Doctor Who. But you've got some DVD commentaries... Um, for Under the Lake and Before the Flood. Uh, that's with actors Sophie Stone, writer Toby Whithouse, producer Derek Ritchie. Uh, the Woman Who Lived uh, has Maisie Williams and producer Derek Ritchie. And Sleep No More has Reese Shearsmith and uh, Mark Gatiss. Which I'm actually really looking forward to. Same here, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I looked down this list and you actually thought, all oh, right, that's, that may be the, the, a lot of people will who didn't like it will end up watching it again just because they want to listen to the commentary. Exactly, because if, any, if anyone's listened to the League of Gentlemen DVD commentaries, they are always worth listening to. They mm. are always worth listening to because they'll, they'll probably sort of tip you off on all the, the, the references and influences for this one because they're just two big horror aficionados. So it's, I'm not looking for, I really am looking forward to that one. Um, so apparently it's got all of the Doctor Who extras um, from series nine as well, which I think was online content, wasn't it? Yeah. I believe. Which um, I didn't actually see any of. No, I didn't actually, I haven't watched any of them uh, from series eight onwards, to be honest. So um, yeah, that'll be um, worth looking at. Um and there's some new, uh, this is, I don't know if they're new or not, I've been shown elsewhere, but Doctor Who documentaries. There's one called Writing Who, uh, which is a definitive guide for would-be Doctor Who scriptwriters. Uh, Dalek Devotion, where Peter Capel and Stephen Moffat reveal the inspiration for the return of the Daleks. Uh, the Adventures of River Song um, is basically joining Alex Kinks and Stephen Moffat. As we look forward to River's return in the Husbands of River Song, it goes about how a character became to be created, etc., etc. Uh, there's something called Doctor Who Sublime Online, which is a video selection box of the funniest, most insightful, engaging online treats from behind the scenes of Series 9. Hmm, again, if it's not really going for outtakes usually, if that's what it is. Um, and then there's one for all the Clara fans out there. Um, it's a, a, a documentary called Clara's Journey. Uh, then there's something called The Fan Show's Finest, um, which was an on- online series that celebrated Doctor Who. And then um, other VAM. Uh, what's, what's VAM? What's that short for? Value-added matter, is it? Material? Material, I, I yeah. don't know. I'll just put, write that down for God's sake. Yeah. Um, which has the, the Series 9 US prequel, The Doctor's Meditation. Uh, deleted scenes, the Series 8 recap, and all the Series 9 trailers and prologue. And it's also got the 2015 San Diego Comic Con panel. Hmm. Yeah. So it's quite a good raft of extras there, actually. Yes. I still haven't opened my Series 8 DVD. Haven't you? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I recently just watched it, um, not, you know, not, not too long ago, actually. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, it, it, I still enjoy it. 
I still enjoy mm. it. You know, there's still a couple I'm, not, I'm still not sure of, but I, I certainly enjoyed it more than when it than it went out in transmission. I think you just sort of give it a bit of time and you sort of mellow out a little bit. Mm. Maybe I feel yeah. that way with a few of these in Series 9. Yeah. <laughs> and you're not sitting there looking for faults. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, uh, moving on to Series 10. Now, obviously, there's not a lot of news for Series 10. Uh, but during the week, there's been um, Stephen Moffat's been dropping a few hints at new writers uh, for Series Ten, mm. um, and all he says uh, is that he's had meetings today with two writers who've never written Doctor Who before, and he said goes on to say, "If I told you their names, your brain would explode." And always say they're a brilliant, prominent, and amazing writers, and that is it. That is the only clues we have as to who they might be. Well, it ruled us out anyway, didn't well, it? Well, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, um, you know, I, I'm brilliant and amazing. I'm just not prominent. <laughs> I was going to say, my announcement that we've written two, two episodes would cause people's brains to explode. <laughs> I think if he, if he revealed that you and me had written a script each for the Series 10 of Doctor Who, we would be besieged with people with flaming torches and pitchforks, I think, <laughs> chasing us out of town. Good God. Um, <laughs> we'd probably be chasing each other out. <laughs> Sadly, <laughs> yeah, it's it's quite. Um, I'm I'm sort of intrigued as to as to who these people might be. Mm. To be honest, especially when he says the use the word prominent. Um, is it going to be the? <laughs> has, Jay, I was going to say in the same way as iconic. <laughs> oh God, no! Oh God. They really love bandying that word around, don't they? Iconic. But uh, yeah, I mean, I wonder if it's going to be that long rumoured J.K. Rowling thing they've always they've always discussed, you know, for for years about you know trying to get her to write something. Yeah. Mm, don't know. Or maybe yeah. that long last Stephen Fry has submitted that uh, serial that he was going to do. Yeah. Oh, we will find out. We will find out. We will find out. Now, um, after that, or by the time they are announced, this will all be forgotten, and people, and if it's brought up, people are saying, "I don't know who those were." Then <laughs> <laughs> they, they obviously haven't written these. I was promised someone prominent, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> an iconic. Oh dear! Not right. that I'm actually criticising anybody who's who's written written. No, no, exactly. Me neither. Me neither. So anyway, now I, I've got a confession to make, um, everyone at home. Um, the last podcast I I'd said that we we brought you the last stats for the year, and I'm very sorry, but I lied because we've got more. We have got more. Unfortunately, what I totally forgot about is the hell bent official rating. <laughs> yes, down, down, down with the orange and the walnut at the bottom of your Christmas sack. <laughs> you found some more stats. I have. It was wrapped around the wooden spinning top, I think, actually. Uh, yes, it had a uh, Hellbent had an official consolidated rating of 6.17 million viewers, uh, which made it the 10th most watched BBC Prone television, BBC television for that week, and fourth overall for, uh, for that Saturday. And, and it overtook Pointless Celebrities again. Oh, there you go. There we go. There we go. And it finished uh, 29th um, in the weekly chart. So there we go. Now, um, there is a, a ratings update um, for Series 9, because we've now got the Live Plus 7 um, figures, but only for the first half of Series 9, which is bizarre. Why is it only the first half? I don't I don't understand it. Um, but anyway, going from the Magician's Apprentice right through to the Zygon Invasion, Magician's Apprentice um, got a final figure of 7.41 million, which is which is good. 
which is familiar, got 6.58 million. Under the Lake, 6.51. Before the Flood, 6.77. The Girl Who Died, 7.19. That does surprise me. Uh, The Woman Who Lived, or as this article puts it, The War Man Who Lived, uh, 6.73. And The Zygon Invasion, 6.49. So that's that's quite a significant increase, actually. That really is. Now, the one thing that we were especially uh, ecstatic about was the appreciation um, index figures. Um, And it gives more about the age groups, doesn't it? Yes. Yes. Now, um, it says here, the 16 to 34 age group appear to enjoy the series far more than the over 55s. So it looks like that Peter Capaldi's appointment hasn't got the over 55s um, excited. No. No. Uh, but it says that there's been small differences in AI figures uh, of previous years, and the contrast this year is quite large, um, with the lower age group scoring the series around five, point, five points higher than the older viewers. This, I, mean, I really am padding our news section out here, yeah. really. But the thing was, the female viewers rated the series slightly higher than the male viewers, which is interesting. And it says the programme is now watched slight, by slightly more male viewers than female, with an average of 52% of the, of the audience being male, in contrast to a 50-50 split in past years. The most interesting one to me, though, was it saying about the most marked difference was the penultimate episode featuring just the Doctor, Heaven Sent. Yeah. It scored an AI figure of 85 for viewers aged 16 to 34, but only 76 for those aged over 55. Yeah. And I just wondered whether that is just you know the sort of thing that what they didn't what what people over fifty five didn't want to watch is on your own being chased by death. <laughs> <laughs> it's all too close for comfort. I think, that one. <laughs> and I say this as, as somebody who who now realises he's closer to the over fifty five age group than I am to the sixteen. Same here, mate. Same here. Yes, the the the, the bony handed ginger baker is reaching out for us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh dear! If I remember that reference, that's how many years ago. Do <laughs> it's quite a few. Yeah, that's one for our long-term listeners. Um, now, also uh, the, the bit that we've kind of missed throughout all this as well. Um, the AI panels also ask questions on how they see the series. Um, apparently, around fifty-nine percent thought it it was high quality, and fifty percent thought it was fresh and new. <laughs> yes, we're back. We're back. One uh, percent found it found it offensive. And twenty percent of the audience felt the initial stories were thought provoking, so that and that yeah. figure rose to over thirty percent near the end of the series. Hmm. Okay. Now I know this doesn't mean much to a lot, but no one really cares. Really, so we're just we're just padding this out a little bit. Um, but what was quite um, quite interesting? Maybe we said like fresh and new and things like that. Well, and high quality. It's actually quite. Um, there's a few other things. It's actually like a five point scale. Of, of the questions here now, at number one. So if you think it's the the, the tightest one you can give it, it's it, it was high quality. At number four, it was fresh and new. Number three, it was it was thought provoking. Number two, encouraged me to do something new. Well, what the hell that means? And then ah. and then number one, right at the bottom, it was offensive. <laughs> <laughs> it encouraged me to do something, something new. new. Mm, that's that's a that's an odd thing to mark a TV series, isn't it? This, no, I'm trying to I'm trying to think what was in these episodes that would well no encourage me to go without sleep, uh, <laughs> me to stop breathing. Um, I don't know. This is really 
I don't know, yeah. go and buy a, a Ferrari and go around having adventures in like the littlest hobo. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It's just, it's such a weird, weird, um, <laughs> such a, I just can't un- understand oh, yeah. it really. Encourage mm. me to do something new. Hmm. Okay. okay. Stay up after nine o'clock. <laughs> it's always been your cut-off point. Maybe that was something for the for the over fifty fives, actually. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> I love my I love my Horlicks a little bit later this evening, actually. <laughs> oh dear. Well, that's that's the over fifty five uh, listeners gone, Paul. It is. Yes. That's it. We've, <laughs> that's it. We're just going after a youth audience now. Mm. That's it. We're chasing after the youth dollar. Uh, right now, okay, now moving on from uh, stats, the, the final sort of bit of news news um, is the writers have been announced for uh, the Series 6 of the Fourth Doctor series for Big Finish. Um, now, Series 5 hasn't even been released yet, but Series 6 has already been recorded. So um, now this particular series features uh, Tom Baker's Doctor, naturally, John Leeson's K-9 and Lala Ward as Romana 1, if you want to sort of put it into context like that. Um, now, the writers that have been confirmed so far, we have uh, a guy called Justin Richards, and he's written um, a Jagon Lightfoot story for the Doctor Romana as well, which is, sounds quite good. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, a, there's a new name to Big Finish, um, Adrian Poynton, who apparently was the creator of the BBC3 comedy White Van Man. Mm, okay. Then Kevin Scott, who's written for Titan Comics' Ninth Doctor series. Uh, Mark Wright, who wrote Whoology. Um, James Goss, who wrote Dead Air. Phil Mulrin, who wrote The War Doctor, Infernal Devices. Uh, Jonathan Morris, Touched by an Angel. And then Andrew Smith, who you should all know um, by now, wrote uh, Full Circle back in the day. He returns to Big Finish. Um, And then Mark Platt um, also returns. And the pair of them are writing the two-part finale. Hmm. For that series so yes now series five of this um big finished fourth doctor stories are they uh, that debuts in january 2016 so mm. next month next month not too long to wait not too no. long to wait but, uh, it still sounds a long way off doesn't it when it you does. say 2016 but it's not well, mainly because i still think it's about 1998 <laughs> <laughs> we're wishing it was still 1998 crikey i was 28 then <laughs> my god where's the time gone it's not fair it's not fair right okay now um that was the news but of course it won't be christmas if we didn't have some sort of gift ideas for it and it will be a very very late gift idea so let's go over to omega's tech corner you pester me with trinkets now we have something from rubberto replicas and this is sort of tied in with series nine they've done a, a confession dial uh now it's coming soon it says it's actually going to be released on the 30th of December. Um, now, apparently the, the original um, prop was made by some guy called Paul Lynch. I don't know if he's anything to do with rubber toe replicas, because they have done a few stuff for the series now, haven't they? They've done the new Sonic Screwdriver, um, for argument's sake. Mm. Now, this one says it, it's screen accurate. Um, it's cast from ABS resin, and it has a hand-painted and, and artwork to a beautifully aged finish. And it's a, it's a stunning piece, both as a prop replica and a piece of decorative artwork in its own right. Okay. Yeah. Now, this is the open version as well. So the lid's loose, so you can see the detail actually inside the dial. And it does go on to say that a closed version will all be following on uh, next year. Now, the oh, price known as Coaster. Yes, indeed. <laughs> indeed. Or Frisbee. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Now, this uh, ver- open version. Um, now, I don't think this is too badly priced, to be honest. 
This is £49.99. No, yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah, compared to so the price of some of the other props on uh, or replica props on um, um, Rubber Toe Replica's site, that's not that's not too bad. No, I mean, it doesn't necessarily say. Does it say how big it is? It doesn't in this, unfortunately. It doesn't. Um, but but I'd say if it's a, if it's a if it's a, a replica, then it's going to be the actual size in the show. So it's going to be like sort of like yeah. fits in the palm of your hand, really, doesn't it? Mm. So yeah, I think that's mm. quite yeah. I don't think that's that's badly that's priced nice at all. Piece you could have if you wanted to put it on a bookshelf somewhere. Yeah, indeed, or use it as an ashtray. <laughs> you know, you could do. Whatever floats your boat, really. Whatever floats your boat. So, um, yeah, so that's a late, a last-minute gift idea. Uh, well, no, it's not really, actually. Don't come out to the 3rd of December, so scratch that. <laughs> Let's just say... If... I don't know. Unless you're giving that New Year's gift. Yes, indeed. Is, is that a thing? I don't know if that's a thing. I've no idea. That and a packet of Alka-Seltzer, that's what you... <laughs> <laughs> we'll have you use it an ashtray, 20 ITAR Siggies as well, so... Yeah. Right, okay, everybody. So that was the news, and that was it for Tech Call for the last time this year. That's what I'm going to say. Last time this year. So, coming up next is our uh, look back at the Christmas invasion. So, for another week, then, that was the news. Okay, everybody, um, it's time to uh, go back to a Christmas special from Christmas past. And, of course, this year we are doing The Christmas Invasion. Ladies and gentlemen, if I may take a moment during this terrible time. It's hardly the Queen's speech. I'm afraid that's been cancelled. This crisis is unique, and I'm afraid to say it might get much worse. Rose! I would ask you all to remain calm. Please, Doctor... Help us. Merry Christmas! That's the Doctor. What do you mean, that's the Doctor? Doctor who? You will surrender or they will die. Tell them this planet is armed and we do not surrender. The face of an alien life form was transmitted live tonight on BBC One. That man was your prisoner. He left me, Mum. He left me, Mum. I could summon the Armada and take this world by force. He's just walking. He won't stop walking. It's not just the whole country. It's the whole world. Look in the sky. There's a great big alien invasion, and I don't know what to do, all right? No sign of the Doctor. Nothing yet. Help me. Surrender or they will die. Your choice. And you have the honour of kicking off this review, Paul. Yes, thank yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> that's a backhanded compliment Good. if there ever was one. <laughs> Good. Um, I always fondly remembered this episode mm. as one of the better 
Christmas episodes. Yeah. And I think I still do, actually, having watched it again. Because um, actually, sort of watching it, started to watch it and you're thinking, oh, it's very brave, really, to have the new Doctor and he doesn't really appear until the last 20 minutes. And then actually I suddenly put myself, mm, I don't know, though, because they just sort of did that with Spearhead from Space. Yeah, they did. Yeah. And Castro Valva, so... Perhaps it's not that unusual. No, no, maybe it's not actually. They seem to sort of follow that 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 pattern, didn't they? Of the of the doctor just yeah. regenerating. He's a little bit, whoa, a bit wobbly and everything. Um, but yeah, but but could be completely, you know, sort of not in it at all. I suddenly I thought to myself, oh, it's really brave to do that with a new doctor. And then actually thinking back on it, no, it's, it's probably is the. The, a fairly routine thing to do with a doctor. Yeah, they just sort of sort of followed the template, didn't they? Really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, I I actually agree with you. I mean, I I enjoyed this on transmission, and it's been a while since I'd since I'd last seen it. And I think probably the last time I saw it was when it's repeated on Dave or something or Watch or whatever the hell it is. Mm. Um, but yeah, I I watched it again um, the other day, and I still quite enjoy it. To be honest, I, saw, I, I, saw, I think I, it, I think it, it actually up. holds. Holds together as a story. It does. I think Which it does. Some of the other Christmas ones don't. You just sort of, after a while, you're sort of sitting there thinking to yourself, so why would this be happening? Well, this, I mean, this had an actual purpose, didn't it? Because this is introducing yeah. a new doctor. So, yeah, um, yeah so it, it had a, like a, I can, I can have way to put it, it had sort of like a, a backbone to the story, didn't it? It was all. Around his new, you know, the Doctor's new regeneration, and and I quite like the idea of the alien invasion and the Sycorax. I think it's quite um quite an original. Okay, is, is it? Do you think the Sycorax is original, or do you think it's a little bit Klingon-y? Um, not that I mind. I mean, but, I you know, to, to be honest, this this episode really the how the alien is isn't really that important, no. other than they are. Sort of ruthless and uh, opportunist, shall we say? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I like I like the the fact they're a bit of a warrior race, and I like the the whole thing of the uh, you know the the blood control. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and quite was, like the idea that they are just bluffing at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he took the doctor to call their bluff, basically. So, yeah, no, it was no. I, I liked it, and I liked the. Um, Sort of, the, you know, the the the, the makeup as well when he takes the helmet off. I think I think it still looks it still looks good. Yeah, and and the fact that is that is a really good thing about the fact that when they say, "Oh, it's only a helmet," perhaps they're like us. No, no. <laughs> no, I still think it's good. I also think um, what about? I mean, actually, the one of the criticisms that has leveled against this story is the fact that the Doctor isn't enough for some people. Um, but I don't. To, to me, I don't know about you, Paul, but I I feel the story doesn't slow down when the Doctor isn't in it. No, I mean, and as I've said, it's not an unusual thing. I mean, I did sort of always sort of in the back of my head this I had the, the idea that oh, it's quite unusual for the Doctor not to have been, you know, something the regen the first time you're going to see the Doctor is like four, nearly forty minutes into into these first story. Yeah. Um, but no, the more I thought about it, the more I think, actually, no, it's not that. I mean, I don't know how much the third Doctor's in, how, what point really, I can't off the top of my head now to where he comes in in Spearhead from Space, but it's certainly a long time. It, it certainly feels like a long time. I think obviously you've got that four-part story there, so I think we sort of dragged out You get a little through bit, the you know. first part, don't you? Because that's mainly really just the, the asteroids and the... 
he just he just escapes in the wheelchair at the end, doesn't he? And then promptly yeah. gets shot, doesn't he? So yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't. So, yeah, it so it's, it's yeah, it's quite a long time in that. It so. is, yeah. Um, but I like the the return of um, Harriet Jones as well. Um, I, th- I, th- I think with this, a lot of people actually. This is the other turning point: is to whether you find that amusing. The well, it, it did. I'm of... Harriet Jones, or whether you find it grating. I just think it, it was okay the first couple of times. Yeah, but when it got to the part when the Sycorax's going, we know who you are. Um, I think the joke had sort of run its course by that point. To be honest. I didn't mind that as the payoff. Actually, I think I think they used it too much just before that. I think you could have done it twice. Yeah, and then the Sycorax in it would have worked. I think it was just the fact that it was every single person she spoke to. Yeah, did that. Yeah, we know who you are, and yeah, yeah, yeah it, it did sort of run a bit. You know, as I say, it it, it, it wore off very quickly, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. But there's one thing um, I'd sort of forgotten. Um, about RTD Christmas specials, I, I think he knew what to give the audience. If you know what I mean, they were. They, I think Christmas. If you're having a special, it needs to be spectacle. Yeah, and I think this certainly was, to be honest. Uh, whereas I think the Moffat ones are a little bit more sort of contained. Mm. If, did you see what I mean? That they're not. They're not sort of the big spectaculars that are Christmas. They're more performance pieces. Yeah, um, but this is a Christmas spectacular. That, to be honest, I mean, I watched this on Saturday with my kids. And I thought that this this sort of sums up what a Christmas special should be. It should be something for all the family to sit down and watch. Uh, I think I think this story just sort of summed it up for me, to be honest. I don't know whether yeah. they, whether they they. Um, I mean, I, I'm not a particular fan of Voyage of the Damned uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm beginning to wonder if my kids are like, would like to watch it. It's more mm. of a family thing rather than like a, a, a jaded Doctor Who fan like myself. Don't know, but no, I, I just I just thought it, it, it was. This is how to do a Christmas special, and I, 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 okay, I know I haven't liked all of RTD's Christmas specials, but he he does try to do something spectacular, and I yeah, think so, that's what you want, isn't it, really? But this one, I think, did have a a good story running through it. So, I think some of the other ones where the spec spectacle became more than the the story itself, mm. whereas this, I think, actually works. I, it, I mean, it could actually work almost. Without the Doctor at all. It could do, actually. Because it's actually that, I think it works as a bit of science fiction. Yeah, yeah. Without actually, up until up until the Doctor appears, it could just be any standard, it could just be a good piece of science fiction. It is not particularly Doctor Who. No, I think, I think that's probably, I, I, I don't know whether that's one of the reasons why it's, it still works, really. It's not tied to anything. So it's not tied to any continuity or... Um, or sort of, I suppose, yeah. I mean, obviously, it does follow on from series one, but I mean, having a new doctor, it's it's a reboot, isn't it? You, you you're almost sort yeah. of starting from scratch again. So I I feel on that level, it 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 works. I think you can come into this completely cold, and you, all you have to know is, oh, it's a new doctor, and and off you go. Really, I th- I think it works, and you get a little recap at the beginning anyway, don't you? Which I've forgotten about actually, of Eccleston. So. It, it, I think it ticks all the boxes, really. This one, yeah. No, it's, de- it's definitely. It, I wasn't disappointed watching it again, which I wondered whether I would be. Hmm. Yeah, you do sort of think, oh, is it, is it still going to hold up? And you know, am I going to be doing other things while I'm watching it? And you know, because I thought, I've, you know, I've seen it x amount of times. Am I that interested? But no, it, it held my interest. 
Well, I was watching it late at night, and I actually thought, am I going to fall asleep watching it? But I didn't, so wow. it, it kept me awake. Job done, then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is, which is always a good test of whether, something's, whether I'm enjoying something or not. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I just think it's I think it's a really good. So I mean, I like the um, like the spaceship cigarette ship design. It's just something different, you know. That huge. It's very sort of Independence Day the way it sort of enters the Earth's atmosphere and everything. Um, but I like the idea of all the glass shattering. Is it like yeah. a sonic boom? I like that idea. Um, I just like the idea. It's just like a gigantic mountain in the sky. It's. it's I think it's just original. Yeah, you know, I, I think I, you wonder whether that was done by the fact they had the cave location to do the, <laughs> the interior. So the in, the interior location they'd found was drove the, the what the outside looked like. Looked like, yeah, yeah, possibly. No, I like it though. I, I think I, I still think it. I, I liked it at the time. I thought it, I thought it was interesting, um, and I, I still like it now. I think it's just a shame that you know the secrets haven't made a haven't made a return. Yeah, to the show really. I know they're making a, you know, they're going to big finish now, aren't they? But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see him make a return on the TV. To be honest, um, now before we we sort of sort of talk about uh, David Tennant, um, what do you th- what do you now, sort of now think about Billy Piper? Because we've always, me in particular, have given sort of given Billy Piper a bit of a or the Rose character a bit of a rough time. Um, how, how do you feel about that character looking back at this one? Considering what we what we just sort of doing with series two at the moment, I think this one actually works is the best one for the Rose and the family Earth element. Because mm. actually, I don't find either Jackie or Mickey irritating either in this. No, I yeah, I was about to say the same thing. Is it's like both the characters have sort of grown up to a certain degree. Mm. You know, Mickey's not Mickey the idiot, is he? Bonnie stretch nice. of the imagination. Um, and I just feel like Jackie's just sort of uh, a bit more mature as a character as well. You know, so yeah, I, 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 I agree. I, th- I think they, they've both got a lot a lot better. And that, and, that, and that, as you said, that family environment, well, it works in the context of, of, a, of an Earth invasion story, doesn't it? And the fact that, yeah, there's not the, the Doctor there to, to rally against. No. For them. It's more, you know... That they've got time to interact with themselves and to work out what the doctor means to them, yeah, individually as well, without him actually, without actually having to confront him. Well, it's a totally different sort of relationship, especially towards the end when they have that, that great big sort of group hug, don't they? Yeah, um, you could never have imagined Eccleston's doctor doing that, no, you know. So, again, it just sort of showed it, it tried to show a different sort of dynamic between the Doctor and Rose's family and, and Mickey as well, for that matter. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I I'd sort of, I'd, I'd still think it really works. Um, but, I mean, the other thing, I'd, I mean, I think Billy Piper, she she's asked to carry um, this story quite a bit, really. Um, yeah. And I'd, I'd still think it, it's she does a really good job. To be honest, yeah, I mean, she, yeah, she does. She, you, you, like I say, you can get you get through this, and you're quite. There's, you could get through this without the Doctor at all. Yeah. Well, to a certain extent, you do. I mean, it's just not, and it doesn't suffer from it. No, it doesn't. I, I mean, I, I don't, don't think it does. I don't know if, if sort of any other sort of fans out there think that you know it, there was there wasn't enough Doctor in, in Doctor Who for them. It was all about the companion, but but as we said, most of the We've already sort of mentioned two Doctors where they weren't in it. No. Really, in their opening story. Um, 
but but yeah so I, I i think it was it was that you're on that sort of point that sort of cusp between everyone liking rose and then it, the character started to grate a little bit especially i know that i think that as we've already said was for our series 2 retrospective it, it that i think that was the intention they were just yeah. having too much of a good time together um, the, the smugness of it. Yeah, exactly. I think that it's, it's before it got smug. Um yeah. which yeah, so I mean I I think the I think the Rose character worked to well to me anyway, I think she worked better with Eccleston anyway, to yeah. be honest. I, I, Eccleston's doctor. I just think it just worked better before it, it sort of got as you say, got very, very smug. You know, but ah well, oh well it's it, it's still, anyway, at this particular point I enjoyed the character. I think that's the that, that that's that's the main thing. Um Actually, one other thing I wanted to mention before we get on to, on to Tenant is the fact that um, Unit in this story, do you find they're slightly less idiotic under RTD than they are under Moffat? Yes. Do, do you There's... know what I mean? It, 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 it just seems that RTD knows how to write Unit. Well, for a start, there seems to be a lot more of them. They seem to know what they were doing. They... It seems like a professional, you know... Organisation. Organisation, yeah. yeah. Um, rather than the, the unit we've got now, which is... I know RTD's unit is more to the traditional unit, more like a military organisation. I know sort of the, the, under Moffat's um, um, unit era, I suppose you can call it, it's more of a scientific basis yeah. to it. Um, but as you say, they don't seem to be very, very good, or very, or they seem to make some very stupid mistakes, which I just find yeah. a bit a bit unbelievable, really. But like, like the major's reaction to the Sycorax killing the prisoner, yeah, the... and then getting killed himself. But just you know, the fact that there were, that that he was outraged by that, and yeah, exactly, you know, the, the you know the, the rules of war or, or things yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. No, that that was good because I, I like I, you know I like that sort of. It, it just seems to doubt, knows how to do unit a bit better than <laughs> than what we're currently getting, but. Oh well, we'll see. We'll see where that um, where that leads to. But no, it just seems to be a bit a bit more of a, of, of a professional organisation that you could you could understand would be called upon in in times of crisis, rather than just sort of you know um, running blindly into a trap as they did in the Zygon. Yeah, yeah. But oh well, oh well. It's all not that I've got anything bad to say about this, the, <laughs> the Zygon invasion, the Zygon inversion. It's still it's still a bloody good story. But not no, I mean not to mention also the fact that. In this episode, Torch would actually do seem to be actually doing something. Well, obviously, yeah. I mean, this is before obviously them being dismantled at the end of series two, basically, yeah. isn't it? So they are quite a a powerful organisation. Um, I like the fact that you know even the prime minister isn't supposed to know about them. You know, so although which leads, it's a bit odd though. That is that is the one odd thing actually on this is that. Unit, which are a United Nations thing, know mm. about them. But the Prime Minister and Torchwood was supposed to be a particularly British thing. And she wouldn't know. So, yeah. Yeah. So why does why do United Nations know about them, but the Prime Minister of Britain doesn't? Or is not supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it's supposed to only be the royalty. Perhaps they were I mean, we're jumping to where that the whole Torchwood thing begins with, but Mm. Yeah, perhaps it's only supposed to be the king or queen that's supposed to know about. Mm, you perhaps might have, would a, a yeah. loyal to them rather than to the to the government. You might have a might have a, a point there. Actually, I'm trying to Makes explain sense. away what I think is is something that's 
that didn't make sense on this, and I think that's the only solution I can come up with. Yeah. No, that that, that does kind of make sense, actually. You know, it, it, it probably would explain why the government's not supposed to know about them. Mm. But, but I, thought it, I just thought it would have made more sense for her to, her to know about Torchwood and the person from Unit not to. Well, if you think about it, um, the head of the armed forces is the Queen. Yeah, that's and, nice, Yeah, and he, okay, he's working for Unit, but he would have been a British uh, serving officer in the British Army. Yeah. So, quite possible he would he would know about Torchwood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, 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 I, I quite like what that, what that led to, actually. <laughs> it's, a, it, it's probably someone tell us that's already been established elsewhere in uh, some, oh, some, or it's totally wrong because it's been established as something else. Something completely elsewhere. different, yeah, indeed. But no, I, I, I subscribe to that theory. So I'm going to subscribe mm. to that theory. Um, actually, the other thing um, I, I liked about this as well, and it's it's just a, a shame he, he repeated the same things in the runaway brides um but again it was the uh the 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 sinister santa claus or father christmas what you want to call them um yeah. in the market i thought that was that was quite quite well done um and also the christmas tree as well it was was actually quite a threatening sinister thing especially when it's playing sort of jingle bells in, yeah. a, in a very sort of very sort of sinister kind of music as well and the way it, it just smashing its way through the through the flat, it was actually quite a, a credible threat, if you see what I mean. It was, but you sort of think, at what point would you have designed that as your? Are these people? They've landed on Earth. Oh, yeah. Fair enough, they've, they've worked out a disguise, but now they're making remote control Christmas trees. <laughs> I, I just I, thought there must have been an easier way to get into the flat and to. Well, I just like the idea that they've taken this sort of this sort of. Christmas decoration, a Christmas tradition, and turned it into a killing machine. Yeah, and I just, I just like it from that aspect, really. And as I said, and, and, and a, a threatening killing machine at that. To mm. be honest, you know, um, just the way it sort of smashed its way through the through the house. I just, I just liked it. I just, I just, I still think it's a great idea. Just a shame that he, he tried to repeat that in the Runaway Bride and to lesser effect because it was the Christmas baubles, wasn't it? Mm. This time, so and, and the fact that then. Mickey gets the chance to be the hero. Yeah. To a certain extent in the in trying to hold it back with the chair. Yeah. So they can escape. Yeah, that's why I must why I like I like Mickey in this story. I think he's he's yeah. really, really good, to be honest. I really do think he's good. So uh now this leads us on to David Tennant, doesn't it? Mm. Now, as you said, he hasn't had, didn't have an awful lot to do in this, did he? <laughs> no. But what do you think of this as a as a you know, as the new doctor, when you, when you look back at this, what did you think of him in his sort of first outing, proper outing, I should say? Um, he, he did sort of set his stall out, didn't he, as to how his doctor was going to be with this? Yeah, almost from the fight. The the, the I know what. Yeah, you know, this is a fighting hand and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, that that that's that that stayed true to that sort of character all the way through. Then didn't mm, it? He did. Yeah. Um, what about the you know the no second chances? That's the kind of man I am. Do you think that that sort of carried through? No, I mean that that was the one thing, wasn't it? That you actually he mellowed from, didn't he? Yeah, and I think it actually would have been a much more interesting had they kept that that going. I think. So. I also think the whole thing about you know he, he challenges the um the you know the Sycorax leader to a to a sword fight and. Um, I must admit, when I watched it on on, on you know the day of transmission, I honestly thought, are they going to go for like a like a Pertwee esque 
type of doctor here who, yeah. who, who wouldn't mind sort of engaging a little bit of hand-to-hand combat because you know the tenant was sort of young enough to to do that sort of thing. Might just say was Eccleston to a certain degree, but um... but they could, but Eccleston, you sort of was portrayed as the man that was fed up, that was scarred by war, wasn't he? Yeah. So wanted to do everything to get away from fighting, whereas yeah. you sort of had the the fresh start with yeah Tenant's with, with Doctor. Tenant's Doctor. Yeah, I did honestly think they were going to go for some sort of uh, sort of Pertwee esque style Doctor. There, that, unfortunately, that never really got sort of got picked up on, did it? He was he was waiting for another Who mobile, weren't you? <laughs> Paul, we are all waiting for another Who mobile. <laughs> to own, to own. <laughs> I know. <laughs> now, I, I I just I just liked his. I think as as a, a debut goes, I think I think it was quite good. You know, I mm. I, I enjoyed it. Um, do you think though this is uh, what you would call a a really good? debut story for, for for a doctor or, or or as you said if you took the doctor out of this it would still work um no I th- no I, both both actually i think it's a good debut story because it wasn't you all about the doctor to a certain extent until no. obviously as we said got to the, until he actually appeared mm. so you didn't have the the long you didn't have to have the slow build-up of his character coming out. No. When he arrives, he basically does arrive. It allows him to arrive fully formed, so to speak. Yeah, because, of course, you, I mean, we haven't mentioned this yet. We've got the uh, the Children in Need mini-sode as well, set between Part of the Ways and, and, and this story, um, which, again, allows him to set his stall out even more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which again, it's just like a little two-hander between between him and uh, Billy Piper, and I, I I think it works. Actually, I think it's, it's as as the little minisodes go, um, it actually does sort of add something, yeah, to the story. To be honest, and I did actually watch that before I watched um, the Christmas Invasion, you know, just to see where that, um, you know, where that would if it would because I haven't watched it for such a long time that little minisode, and and I really right it was it was a nice little taster leading up to this one. I didn't. So you didn't. All oh, right. Okay. Got that advantage on me on that. No, one, so no, it no. was. It was good. It was good. Yeah, I, I, I did enjoy. It. I wish they'd sort of do more sort of mini shows like that. Actually, sort of. Okay, I think the ones they did for series nine added quite a bit. Um, well, the whole of it, the whole of this series, you got little sort of episodes, little bits before of, that set the scene for the episode that was coming, didn't you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The whole of the series that followed, and I quite like that as a as an idea. Yeah, so, you know, as in a bit of online content was was a good way of using online content. It was actually, yeah, and, and, and I said it was it was actually worth watching this time. Not not like the the uh, what was it the uh, the pond pond life stuff, yeah. which added nothing at all. Really, no, no, it was a bit bit weird that. Um, yeah, but this works, and then plus the fact it was for you know children in need as well, so you could you could actually watch it on the telly rather than you know yeah. on your iPad or whatever. At the, I don't know, there's such thing as our, as our iPad back then, was there? No. You was an earlier doctor, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think I think it's a, it's a you know I think it's a, a, a damn good story. I just I just enjoy it. You know, it's, yeah. it's probably not the never you know Christmas specials are never the strongest of Doctor Who stories, but I think it's to set up a new Doctor. I think it worked. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's interesting to see what we're going to be getting 
in the next week, isn't it? As, yes. as a Christmas special. Indeed. Um, I'm not so sure we're going to get quite as strong a story as this. No, I, I think it's going to be another... Well, I, I, I don't want to preempt anything, but I just get a feeling it's going to be a little bit more of a river song loving than anything else, mm. really. Um, but, oh, we, we shall see. We haven't got long to wait. I mean, I mean, the difference is, I mean, they have had quite a a reasonably dark series, so a bit of fun. Well, I think Christmas isn't isn't out of order. No, no, I think that's what we what we said the other week. Wasn't I mean, it? A five fifteen yeah. start. Yeah, it's going to be more family orientated, and I, I'm I'm pleased yeah. about that. To be honest, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm pleased about that. So certainly, the Christmas one should be. They should be because I th- I think if I remember correctly, I I felt that the 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 actual story content for last Christmas wasn't really suitable for a, a Christmas Day story. story. Yeah. yeah, I really didn't mm. think it was. You know, it was sort of you know, it was again. It was dark again. You don't want that on Christmas. No, you know. I mean, as compared to, I mean, like you know, Christmas Carol and that one. Yeah, uh, that which which was which I still think is probably the best Christmas episode. Yes, yeah, same. Here. It's my it's my favourite. It's my favourite. Um, or maybe maybe it's time to give the Doctor Win and the Wardrobe another another go. Mm. Maybe maybe, yeah. enough, maybe enough time has passed for me to give it another crack. Maybe or maybe not. Perhaps <laughs> <laughs> that maybe I'll revisit next year. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> yes, that should really get us in the festive. Mood. Oh, that should do. That really should do. Oh God. Now, um, is there anything else you want to mention before we get on to, to feedback? Because we do have a couple of items of feedback. Is there anything else you want to mention, Paul, before we uh... No, I think, I think that's Yeah, I think we're sort of pretty much covered. Yeah. We we just enjoy it. That's the main thing. That's the main yeah. thing. Now, uh obviously we asked for feedback um on this story, sort of like your your thoughts on on this story after all these years. And um as I suspected, or as we suspected, I should say. We didn't get a lot. No. It, it didn't engage people, obviously, this story. So we, we got a couple of items of feedback. Um, so first up is Andrea Volmin. Hi, Andrea. Now, Andrea writes to us says, it's not feedback as such, uh, but this episode always has a special place in my heart for getting my mum into Doctor Who. I watched it with my parents with subtitles on while um, they were visiting, and mum, who had previously hated all sci-fi or fantasy to the point of not wanting me to watch Buffy, just got it. She effort, effortlessly understood that the Doctor had just regenerated and everything else that was going on. The only thing she had to ask me about was, who was Jackie? So, that, yeah, I, mean, I think that's echoed what we, what we said, really. It just, you didn't have to know any previous experience about Doctor Who. You just come to it and that was it. Done. Yeah. You know. I mean, it's interesting, actually, a point we haven't mentioned is the fact that this could have been a lot of fans' first experience of a regeneration. Well, it would have been, wouldn't it? Actually, yes. And they didn't really overdo it. Yeah. You know? yeah you're right. There, yeah. there wasn't the big, you know, keep refer. They didn't necessarily have to keep referring to it in that. I mean, the more referred to it as, as more of the fact of the, with the doctor losing his arm, really. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, Jackie and... Mickey. Mickey, yeah. Yeah. I'm pink then. Um, <laughs> but they, they, I could sense you know, it. <laughs> they accepted it quite quickly. Yeah, exactly. So it, was, it, it it wasn't a big deal, and it's interesting that a lot of people just did seem to accept it. Yeah, well, it seems to be now that the series is more established in this generation, a you know, new generation of fans. That it's it's it is a big deal now. Back then, it wasn't, was it? Yeah, really? oh yeah, so, yeah. It seems to be. Yeah, 
I suppose now it I is. Sp- it's all like I'm not watching it now. I don't like him. He's too old. Mm. And but back then, I mean, sort of, I suppose really it was. I don't know, am I right in saying it's probably sort of like the original fans that were really watching it back then, with with, with that stuff, so. with that kind of vested interest, and it, it was just a case of I, I can't wait to see what a new Doctor's like. I'm still like that I, now, I, you know. I, I suppose it could <clears throat> be. I mean, the fact that because Eccleston's time was so short, there wasn't that much of a people didn't get that much of a that's a good point actually that's a very good him. point yeah yeah whereas it, then tenant had four years and yeah and people whatever. were really really attached to his doctor weren't they yeah so yeah um now um a last bit of feedback is from a regular uh, uh contributor to this podcast john michael Lindsay. hi john michael uh he writes um so having rewatched it I'm surprised how easily distracted I became whilst it was on. It just didn't hold my attention. A very Doctor-like episode, it doesn't feel as though it's aged well. Strangely, I've been watching more of David's tenure on TV today and it's certainly improved going forward. Don't get me wrong, the supporting cast of Camille Kaduri and Noel Clarke are wonderful, but I've always had an issue with the Harriet Jones character. She just irritated me. The whole story seemed to drag until under 20 minutes left and David makes his full appearance. He instantly brings charisma and humour to the role. The fight with the Sycrax leader felt a little wooden, considering how skilled David is with the sword in other stage roles. One thing this story does, however, is show that Capaldi was not the only Doctor to kill someone, with this incarnation saying, no second chances, I'm that sort of a man. But then don't forget, Colin Baker shot a Cyberman, and Chris Reckleston allowed Cassandra to die. Good point, actually. Uh, the other annoyance with this story was the constantly overpowering soundtrack, which just became too much in too many places. This, for me, is a mediocre start for such a great doctor. Hmm. Hmm. Well, th- <laughs> not our experience. Not our experience, no, no. Um, I, actually, I, I can agree about the overpowering soundtrack, but that, that was a, a critique of... Of the time, anyway, wasn't it? The music, the, the yeah. sound mix was just too loud. Well, it still can be. I mean, I think. Oh yeah, that, I had that um, with the last one. We yeah, just sent, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, indeed. Yeah, I, I think actually talking about that and the the doctor and killing somebody is also. I mean, remember the sort of outrage there was with dinosaurs on a spaceship. The, the doctor oh, sent him off to yes. die. Yes, and it was no. The doctor would never do that. Yeah, that there was a big outcry about that one, which I didn't understand. I thought, have you don't? No. This was coming from long-term fans of the show as well. I thought, have you? Yeah. Have you forgotten all this? You know, and that's you know basically because that person was human and not a sycorax. Yes, indeed, indeed. There was, I think that I mean, yeah, there was a, the people got upset about a load of things on that that story as well. But yeah, um, yeah, that that was one of the one of the main things. Wasn't it that you know the doctor would never kill someone? Well, unfortunately, he does. I think people just choose yeah. to forget those moments, don't they? Yeah. But uh, hey ho, hey ho. Well, there you go. Um, so obviously that was um, that sort of kind of wraps up that little review actually. But obviously we've got new Doctor Who coming up on Christmas Day, and um, so obviously we would like your thoughts and opinions on the husbands of River Song. Um, so uh, you can write to us. By email at who's he podcast at yahoo.co.uk. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at who's underscore 
under ski. <laughs> under ski. <laughs> under ski. You can find us. Yes, we're going to be in the French Alps. We <laughs> we usually under a pile of snow where we we've <laughs> collapsed. In. Yes, who's underscore he underscore podcast? You can send us a direct message there. <laughs> it's definitely seen our skiing. We're under <laughs> ski. um, and of course, you can find us on Facebook. You're on if you want to join our Facebook group, and there's also our Facebook page. Um, as well, you can leave leave your feedback, and if also if you want to leave us some audio feedback, please do. We we love reading out and, and listening to to your feedback on the show. So um, more the merrier. So we're going to say more so, the merrier. You want to pretend there's a Christmas card because our mental piece is rather empty. <laughs> well, I don't care because I'll be in the French Alps. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Right. I'm busy with the Apres. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm always with the Apres ski. Always, mate. I'm usually too pissed to ski. That's the, <laughs> That's the as we know, Paul. What <laughs> that, 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 that was our experience of skiing. It was actually yeah. Too pissed to ski. Oh dear. Uh, well, that just about wraps up this particular podcast, and it also um, sort of wraps up uh, the podcast this side of Christmas, doesn't it? Yes, it certainly does. Um, and all it leaves us um, to, to say to you all out there is have an absolutely fantastic Christmas. I hope you get lots of lovely prezies and you get. Lots to eat and lots to drink, or whatever, whatever. How are you ever you celebrate it? Just have a, a damn good time. I think that's all yes. we can all we can say. So um, yes, I have a fantastic Christmas, everybody. Thanks, uh, thanks for listening to us. And um, I say we'll be back just before the end of the year uh, with our review of the Husbands of River Song. Okay, then should we should we sign off then, Paul? Yes, I let's so. let's do it. Happy Christmas, everybody. So it's goodbye from me, Phil, and goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, ran down Santa Claus Lane. Fixing and blixing and old as reindeer, pulling on the reins. Bells are ringing, children singing, all is merry and bright. Hang your stockings, see you first, cause Santa Claus comes tonight. Santa Claus Lane He doesn't care if you're rich or poor For he loves you just the same Santa knows that we're God's children That makes everything right Fill your hearts with a Christmas cheer Cause Santa Claus comes to
If we just follow the light Let's give thanks to the Lord above Cause Santa Claus comes tonight Cause Santa Claus comes tonight Let's give thanks to, to the Lord above Cause 